All right, we're back after those short messages. Oh, yes, apparently so is Gwen. All right, here we go. We got a, a question from a, my my hard, my hardest core student. And you know it's hardcore question because it starts off with this little gem, bro. He starts, here's the question. And he has COVID. He wrote this while having COVID. So, oh, um, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. On page 254 of your secrets of grimoire and obviously you know what's written on every page so this should be easy yes absolutely um you draw the holy table of drawing spirits into crystals using the four archangels rather than oh, yeah, the directional page. kings <laughs> why is that he says then quote the names of the kings of the quarters are written which i can only assume to be Mikael, gabriel Raphael, and oriel every other source i've seen interprets the four kings of the quarters as orions etc what leads yeah. him to this conclusion, and has he performed the working using the archangels on the table? If so, what were his results? No, that's that is uh, that's a result of my book being one of the first <laughs> books out there of its kind. Because if you read the, I, I think like you just said, if you read the description, it just put the rulers of the four elements. And at the time, I was not aware that that was supposed to be the uh, the um, the four rulers of the directions. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I just assumed since most of the system was aimed at angels, you know, I just assumed that that those were the four rulers he was talking about were the four archangels. But no, uh, since I published that, it's become very clear from other sources that it was actually supposed to be Orions and Amaimon and Paimon and Araton. This was this was oh six, yeah. right? 2006 2005 yeah well i wrote that in 98 and 99 i think wow it was at 99 2000 but yeah it was like it was like the last couple of years of the 90s and 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 then submitted and like i said it sat at llewellyn i'm not even gonna go into the nightmare i went through with that but it they didn't publish it till 2005 what and then yeah so that finally came out and but like i said it was it was early in my career and early in you know, as I've said before, there's a lot of things that have come out over the years that we've learned a lot more about the grimoires. We've learned and, so yeah, much. No, it's, yeah, it, it's been conclusively proven, I think, at this point that the four rulers of the elements intended our Orions and them, not the four angels. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, there's no there was no big decision on that. That was yeah. just a, that was just an error. That book, is that your most most uh, popular book? I'd say so. Yeah, it's. I mean, because if you if you compare it to the Anakian ones, the the Secrets of the Grimoires is a lot more accessible, I think, to a wider audience, where the Anakian stuff tends to be very niche. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's niche within a niche within a niche, basically. So I, 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 I think those books are probably better. I don't. I don't know if that's right to quantify it that way, but I feel like they're better work, um, or at least they present something that you can't get anywhere else really they're really new and original work whereas secrets was more of a just a compendium of everything i had learned at the time you know and i relied a lot on like the penn state press books and you know yeah. and, and 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 other scholarly sources so the skinner hasn't as... really done their thing yet yeah not really you know and uh just i mean there's just so much that 
has been translated and it just hell owen davies that book of uh, the history of grimoires hadn't even been written yet yeah so yeah there's a, there's a lot of things in there there's a book people should i read. would change these days awesome. yeah I, i'm it trying to get an him awesome book. book you know it's another example you know we need owen davies that's acad that's academic you know we need that stuff to understand what we're doing We'll see something cool. Uh, yeah, no, you're you're just you're just seeing in secrets. That's just a snapshot of where I was at the time. There are things I would change, like way bigger things than just the you know the four names on that table of practice. Check this out. You ever seen this? Where this is, is a it's first speckled. edition of WB8's oh, wow. speckled bird. It's number seven. Beautiful. And it's the story the the it's the story he wrote about the Golden Dawn. He wrote a fictional account of his time in the Golden Dawn. But he wrote three mm. versions of it called the Speckled Bird, and this is a first edition. And look at this beautiful That's thing. Nice. So the, the the pages of this first edition haven't even been all cut yet. Like, wow, that is really. So I, like, I read it like that. I have the critical. Yeah, you don't want to break the spine. Yeah. I'm not going to because I have the I have the three part the all three version critical edition. Oh, okay. Yeah, then you don't even need to. I'd wrap that one up and never touch it. Then. Well, I'm gonna. I'll. I don't know. Maybe read it to my kids someday as a bedtime story. But uh, <laughs> it's definitely a gem. Um, the critical edition is. Uh, it's it's very it's it's overpriced. But um, anyway, uh, have you considered, like, given how popular this is, have you considered an update and like get Llewellyn to put it out in like a super awesome hardcover. I mean, the, the market on books these days has gone through the roof. The idea, the, the, the idea that you could make a re, you know, revise it and uh, put it out again with like some super fucking hardcore cover seems like a no brainer to me, especially as terms. Yeah. Of, that's the really all up. Publisher. It's really all up to Llewellyn. I was surprised that the angelical language books were hardcover because they usually don't do hardcover. In fact, my the Angelical Language books and a book by Scott Cunningham came out at the same time. Well, I mean, Scott Cunningham, that was a reprint, of course. But they came out at the same time in hardcover. And those were the first hardcovers Llewellyn, I think, had done in, like, decades. So I don't know if they're... I don't, I don't even know if they're still doing any other hardcovers or not. So that... Waiting for a hardcover might be a bit of a stretch, but... I've been asked several times if I want to update Secrets. I'm not really sure I want to update it. There are things that need updating, but I think I'd kind of rather do like a sequel to it rather than trying to go back and rework. Like I said, it's kind of a snapshot of where I was at that point. And I think I'd kind of like to leave it as that and just do like a sequel to it and show where things have changed over the years since then. As for when fair I'll do answer. that, it's a fair question. Huh? <laughs> As for when I'll do that, who knows? <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, it's a yeah. Uh, if we have a Golden Dawn conference up here, maybe we could get some other nearby people. Even like, do you know? Do you know Larry from Miskatonic? I might, because I, I know I've communicated with I just some did an people interview from Miskatonic. I'm wondering interview. if that was him. I just did an interview with him and I know he works with Adam Forrest. Um, mm -hmm. and I, obviously it says on Miskatonic's website that Adam Forrest works with Chick and Tabby. Right. Um, but I don't yeah, know. I know what, Adam. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what group um, 
Larry's in, he keeps that quiet, of course, which is all respect. But, you know, there's there's cool people. My point is cool Golden Dawn people around that we could just because Montana is so close to Vancouver. Relative. Mm, yeah, they can get up. There. You know, it's yeah, it's not far away. Um, um, it would just be great. You know, just get these get some of you guys together and hey, there's a reason not to be to raise yeah. the funds for it and get enough interest, sell enough tickets to it. I mean, there's no reason not to, you know, every someone's got to do it every once in a while. I, I haven't heard of a good golden Dawn conference in a long time. Sure as hell not since the pandemic. <laughs> I know how to do that stuff and I know all the right people. So, you know, yeah. If you're in that unique position, I, I encourage you to do I it. am the thing that the thing that prevents me from doing stuff like that is the idea of, of bumping up against walls of people being like, Oh, I don't really want to mix with people from other traditions because they're assholes or something or, or something. You know, I don't mean you want at your conference in the first place. Is it? <laughs> I just want everyone to get along, man. I'm an Aquarius, despite my Scorpio ascendant. <laughs> I guarantee if you set up a conference and you get good speakers, they'll come. Well, that's you don't even have to worry need. about it. You don't have to worry about people showing. If people don't want to show up, have a problem with it, they don't got to show up. Yeah. <laughs> they won't buy tickets. But yeah, it's just, it's, that's just ridiculous. You know, I've never heard of anyone being against a conference. You know, just because there's someone from another order there, really? Well, there's those people out there that just run around telling other people that they're not part of the real order or the real tradition or that they're not a real priest. You of know, course. These are of these course, people, because... and it's sad, and we need to, I think we need to connect with each other in spite of them. And I'm trying yep. to make that happen because I want to connect with people. The reason I, I was invited in the re- relatively recently over the last while to join a few orders you know and but that would of course mean re-upping into an inner order right um some of them you know anyway and and the problem the reason i didn't is because i felt like i wanted to be able to work with anyone and just i wanted to just do whatever the fuck i wanted and talk to whoever i wanted and not be like i was done with any of that bs i had to deal with under zinc right so no All more right. i'm never gonna put myself in that position again well i did for a girlfriend once but then she hit me one too many times and <laughs> called it quits you know wow. um, but i had to learn that lesson twice but not a third time you know shame on you shame on not gonna trick me again right oh he was the fun the fun nutter what happened i never <laughs> thought i'd miss george w i mean they're all evil bastards but whatever <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of politicians, in case you weren't. Yeah, I can tell. I'm not a big fan of them either. So hey, what you got any you got any um any juicy goodies to share with my patrons just off the top of your heart or soul or head? What 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 do you think has helped you become who you are as a magician and become the satisfied, accomplished human being you are in life? <laughs> you have a lovely wife, a lovely uh, child, one or two? Uh, well, two, but one that lives with me and one lives in Canada. One lives in Canada. <laughs> maybe she can talk at the conference. Or he. Yeah, maybe. He, but <laughs> I don't think he knows anything about magic. That, um, wasn't, his, that wasn't his cup of tea. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what, what is, uh, besides persistence and perseverance, what has kept you... Uh, finding what is what is what has got what it, what do you think it was that allowed you get to get the most value out of this stuff 
Hmm. Well, I mean, if, you, if looking at my entire career, yeah, where I started, what I believed when I started, and how that's changed over the years, I would have to say that the the best thing that happened to me was um, breaking out of the psychological model of magic, which now obviously. I'm in the Golden Dawn. I am an officer in my temple. Uh, I believe in the system. And like I said earlier, it is very psychological. There's a lot of psychological magic in that. But where it came to practical magic, especially the grimoires, when I met somebody who broke me out of the mindset that all of magic is just in your head. You know, um great example i just had someone come into the solomonic group and they were asking about the brass vessel brass vessel in the goetia and uh how to use it and somebody commented oh the brass vessel is your mind and i had to delete that comment yeah don't tell Ashley i had done that yeah i had it's i deleted that comment I'm and gave a it. warning to the person who made the comment because it's against the rules of the group to say that because he was, that was pure psychological magic. That's to, to him. What he's saying is that it's all in your head. And even the authors of the grim wars believed it's all in your head and that it's all just a metaphor and it's not real. And you should reinterpret everything in a psychological way. And I thought of magic that way for a long time, but when I was broken out of that, that allowed me to see an entire universe of magic. And, and when I say of magic, I mean esotericism in general through not only the world today, but all the historical stuff I was studying. When I realized that the psychological view kind of came along in the late uh, 19th and early 20th centuries, it's mostly, uh, it's somewhat Mather's fault, but it's mostly uh, Rigardi's and Crowley's fault. <laughs> And that no one before that period in history looked at anything magic as just psychology. You know, it was so a few years ago, I was at Chris Bennett's shop and I mentioned to his his shop manager, we, we were in his shop. You can smoke, you can buy weed and smoke it there because it's Vancouver. Um, well, now that it's legalized, you can buy it in the shop, but you can't smoke it in the shop anymore. When it was illegal, you could buy it and smoke it in the shop. Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. You've heard Trudeau talk. He's not the sharpest tool in the uh, apple barrel. <laughs> um, so we were sitting there smoking huge, huge cannons. And I said to him, this was just like, oh, 2018. I said to him, what if magic could be all seen psychologically? This was the first time I ever had that thought in 2018. And you know my wow. history now. That was the first time it ever occurred to me that maybe you could see magic as only psychological. And I said that to him and he said, that's what Crowley said. And I was like, what? And he pulls out the Crowley yeah. book and he, he flips to it. He's yeah. like, I was just reading this yesterday. I'm like, and this was all news to me. This was all news. Oh, wow. Like, wow. Yeah, so Crowley yeah. promoted that for a long time. And now he kind of reversed his view on that toward the end before he died, but went for back a long time. Like, like, if it, like, it, uh, another, I don't know if that, if this is what he pulled out, but if you look at the Goetia, the one that he published, well, actually Mathers actually translated, he published it. Yeah. Um, 
but he has this thing in the beginning that he wrote. It's called the initiated interpretation of ceremonial magic. That right there is, is a very influential short little essay. And it's all about how the demons are just parts of your brain and that the rituals and the incense and the God names are just ways that you use to access those parts of your brain. And it's just this all, it just turns it all into nothing but psychology, mental masturbation, basically. You know, so when you, when you call a spirit to defeat your enemies, that spirit's not going to cause bad things to happen to your enemies. It's just going to change your perception so that you no, no longer view them as your enemies. Now, that sounds stupid, but I've actually seen that. I've actually seen someone describe the Goetia just like that. So, yeah, for, as someone... What's that? It doesn't seem to track to me because like, but continue. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't track to me either, but it did at first. I, I was a big fan of that initiated interpretation of ceremonial magic of Crowley's. And, you know, Rigardi was big into that kind of stuff too. You know, like if you look in the middle pillar, it's all about the psychology. Um, now, I do try to tell people that when I say that I don't agree with the psychological model of magic, I am not saying that there's no psychology in magic. Of course. There's vast amounts of psychology in magic. Right. Why? You can't... Yep, yep. But I I've, had people, I've had people tell me that, that I'm wrong because, and then they'll point to all these places where psychology is in magic. And it's like, I'm not arguing that. But I don't agree with the psychological model of magic. And that model says that it's all just in your head. The spirits aren't real. They're yeah. all just names and faces that we made up to put onto certain psychological concepts. And you see that a lot, even in history books. You know, gods and spirits were just made up by people. And that's never the case. Yeah. You know, it's never the so case. Spirits evolved among humanity over thousands of years, just like everything else so you know there's no no one person sat down and just made up ashtaroth one day because he thought it would be a neat larf you know you know no one just looked up at the venus star and went hmm, i wonder what that thing is oh i bet it's a person with wings and we'll call it astaroth or ishtar or inanna no there's a reason they called it those names there is a reason they associated those myths with that star there's a you know these these spirits and these concepts evolve among people they aren't just created by individuals and when i realized that and i realized that it wasn't all just in my head and i realized that chaos magic wasn't really magic and that you couldn't just make it all up as you go along and say that well it works for me and then be done and yeah, that was what changed my whole life. That's what changed everything. You know, I realized these guys are real and that changes everything about the way that you interact with them. You know, that's why I started making offerings in the psychological model of magic. Why would you ever give a food offering to a spirit? That sounds like complete waste of food and time and a completely meaningless gesture. But my, buddy, my buddy, my buddy's got a Jupiter alt. He heard me on the podcast be like, if you want to make money from magic, make a Jupiter altar, worship mm -hmm. at it three times a day minimum for at least 30 days and probably don't stop after that. Because Skinner mentions that sort of idea in uh, techniques of high magic as a, as mm -hmm. a devotional form of magic. He's like, look, worship a God or a spirit mm -hmm. or a planet or whatever 
three times a day minimum for at least 30 days. That's powerful. And I was like, yeah, of course that's fucking powerful. A- absolutely. When you're part of a temple with a God really, like I was with Tehuti, we were doing so much thought work. Oh my God. Like mm-hmm. it infuses everyone and everything in that space with that vibe. The difference between right. an ISIS temple and a Tehuti temple is palpable. It's palpable mm. in every aspect of the, the group in the space. That's why it's so fun right. going to different temples because you're like, whoa, kick ass. Or and you're it's, like, and wow, it's not all chill. just in your head. This is you know? chill but powerful. And there's different beings sort of right. different there to different extents, right? So after that, I started, I have been on the record saying magic's all in your head after that, that, that stoner moment because we continued down that road and and we're like well i guess if all of in the idea of that all is mind and the idea of the numinous reality of all things i guess you could say every if all of reality exists in mind then yes it is all Mm -hmm. in your head and then i you know that same year i got to meet lon finally and he's like it's all in your head you just don't know how big your head is i just don't know how big your head is i'd never read lon milo loves that I'd never read him before. So when he said that, I'm like, oh, he gets it. Spirits are real, but all is within your mind. Then, then I bought um, a Demonicon, Pandemonicon, uh, no, not Pandemonicon, the Pandemonium not by the Pan- Not that one. The other one, oh. Crowhurst, Crowhurst, Crowhurst. Oh, oh um, okay. Demononic, Demononic. I haven't read that it's one. Got an, it's got a preface in it. It's got a beautiful see-through cover, a white see-through, and it's like a little red egg serpent. Um, someone will know that anyway, the prefaces are, there's two prefaces written one by Skinner and one by lawn and Skinner's is all about the, the spirit model, what magic is from the spirit model. Then lawns is all about from the, it's all in your head. And they both lay out their positions very starkly. Like, like the author of the book or the publisher clearly said, I want you two to both write these things as clearly as possible what your take is on this thing and finally in reading that last year i was like holy shit lawn really does believe it's all in your head not that your head contains the universe therefore spirits are real just still in your head but right. they're only that it really head. is it's all in right. your mind they do not exist in any form outside of your own brain he really yeah. does believe that from that preface it is very clear. And that's when I was like, oh, right. I got to stop saying that then. <laughs> yeah. Because right? I don't think that's yeah. true. It doesn't, it, it doesn't encompass all the experiences we have at all. It doesn't account for that. It doesn't account for the shit when I was up at Chris right. Bennett's place doing all this work in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. There'd be poundings on the wall of my cabin in the middle of nowhere. Like I'm using an outhouse. We are far away. That's a good place for spirits to show up. And guess what? Mm. They do show up there and it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like it sounded like a bear was trying to break down my wall repeatedly and always in knocks of three. And the whole cabin shook. I was fucking scared. Wow. What the fuck else is that? That's impressive. Yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not explainable by just being a psychological uh, shift in your perception knock if you're present and the whole building shakes at 2 a.m yeah. and you're like i think i'm gonna die <laughs> yeah terrible yeah. anyway you know i mean if they were like you said if they were if if the, the phrase was being spoken in almost like a gnostic sense you know all of reality is in the mind of god and we are a reflection of the mind of god you know, you could get to that, or if you've taken it kind of in an Eastern way, you know, Maya and the illusion of reality and all of that, 
you know, that I can get behind, you know, like I said, even when you're seeing or talking to a spirit, you're still kind of interjecting yourself into it. You know, you're interpreting what you're seeing, but well, like I just said, it applies to everything in reality. I mean, I could say you're not real. I could say that this table isn't real, you know, that was my so perspective it really, on it. Yeah. So it's really kind of neither here nor there if you apply it to spirits too. Yeah. Because the spirit is as real as this table, but the spirit is also as not real as this table. So, you know, when it comes to that, you know, basically the way I look at it is when you start talking in Kether, it's pointless. All is one there anyway. So what's the point of having a discussion? You know, and if that's where your thinking is, that's fine, but that's not really conducive to talking about things that happen down here in Malkuth, you know, so... Yeah, it's, def it's definitely not in your head. And the big thing for me was seeing the difference in results. You know, if I did magic through the psychological method, I could work on myself and I could work on my perceptions. And that was great. Big, important part of what we do as magicians. But when I needed something to happen and I would like make a food offering to a spirit, the results that got back were just so astounding. It just knocked the feet out from under me. And I was like, oh my God, these guys exist. They're actually eating this stuff off of the altar. And then what I asked for happens, you know, and it happens within hours instead of within weeks, you know? So it's just, it's the difference in the results were so stark that I had to question the psychological method, you know? Before we started this interview, I had to rush to the computer shop and take my main computer in. They said it's dead. So this is a backup one that hasn't worked in six months. And I was trying to oh, get wow. it turned on like a fucking nut job before our interview started, obviously. And right before it started, I was like, this is not turning on. So I drew a mercury symbol over the hard drive. I astrally looked up at the point of white light above me and I commanded all spirits of things physical and non-physical to serve me and for the computer to turn on and it did and it's been on for almost four hours now during this interview so uh, now the interesting thing will be to see if it continues working after the interview or maybe it's, it's all in my again. head and we're dead <laughs> and this is all a, a dream oh there you go it's just a dream or maybe i'm the one having the dream and none of this is happening life is but a dream sweetheart <laughs> Aaron Lee. But you see how, you know, when you start getting into that mystical side of things, you can you can argue around in circles till there's not even any point in arguing, you know. Because it could all it, it is, it is all just a dream when that's why I don't real. mind the it's all in your head idea, because like, yeah, right. reality like reality. Have you done DMT? Like, you know, <laughs> do some psychedelics. Yeah. You're gonna be like, okay. I have one good question actually, quickly, before we wrap up. Because okay. we, we, you've kindly given me almost four hours of your time. God bless your heart. Oh my and soul. God! Really? Thank, Jeez, thanks to your family. My love to your family, and I'll 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 buy some uh, maiden round str string to help support your daughter's college. <laughs> there you that. go. Um, does do you actually have a large supply of that currently? Because the well, shipping still. Yeah, I mean, it's like I do. I like right now. I actually have more. Yeah, I think I actually have more on hand right now than I have ever have before. Okay. But I still can't call that a large supply. I need to. I, I'm going to well, have like you have more there will come a day yards? when she can't spend it anymore. So I've got to <laughs> get a lot. a lot of it spun. 
in my head i kept i was like i gotta ask about the what's he gonna do when she like are you like working her to the bone so that there's enough for the rest of her life are you not gonna what i'll do and not working her to the bone but what i want to do is like every wednesday i'll have her sit down and spin for a little while and then it goes fast i mean she'll a yard of that takes like about five seconds i mean once she gets it going you have more than 10 yards available now Oh God, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I was just thinking of me and my friends doing a group order because the shipping is so prohibitive right now, right? Um, yes. It makes sense to do group. I wanted to order the the Tabby's book on the Westcott's Watchtower, and the book the shipping cost more than the book. And then when I added the little golden yeah, dawn lapel pin, so when I added the golden dawn lapel pin into the book, the shipping went from thirty one dollars to sixty two. And I was like. I can't, you know, it, it's that's $100 it's, it's, Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Canadian. ridiculous. Now, I can't speak for, you know, the Cicero's in their store, but I know at Doc Solomon's, whenever I encounter that, because there I found people that they'll spend $90 on shipping, but it doesn't cost that when I go to this, the, the post office. So I'll always refund them the difference if they overpay for shipping. Well, I'm glad you got. Uh... I'm going to yeah. clip that and put that as a little segment on the main podcast because because people should know that. I'm going to clip, oh. that. I'm going to clip okay. that. So sorry, patrons, if you see that detail on the public thing. Yeah, no Because <laughs> yeah, I was adding, around. I don't know if you, you, you probably don't sit there all day watching your cart, but I was adding, seeing how much maiden wound string I could add, how many yards I could add before the shipping doubled and it didn't double. I was like, oh, that's good. That's good. That's very good. Because like it was so, so light. I wanted yeah. to do an order from the Cicero's, but every time I added one thing, it was another $31 shipping. I was like, what the, I can't do it. I just, I'm, I'm not that yeah. well. I would just drop them an email because, you know, they, I'm, I think they do things pretty much like I do, you know, and if they go down to the post office and it only costs them $30 and you've spent 90, I'm sure they'll work with you to, to, to get you the difference back. Because we don't, you know, you have to have it on these stores. You don't actually set the shipping yourself. Yeah. It's an app. It's yeah. an app that's connected to the post office. And how the hell it comes up with its pricing sometimes is beyond me. I mean, I really don't know how it charges, you know. So, yeah, I'm more than happy, at least from at Doc Sauls, I'm more than happy to, to to work with customers like that. It makes sense that they actually might not even be aware of what I'm talking about right now. You know, that the doubles the shipping, they might not, they probably just don't even know that because who would pay attention to something like that? And it's not like there's probably many Canadians ordering, let's be honest. There's like no people in this country. So (laughs) I'm sorry, there isn't. There's like no one here, man. Hey, don't knock that. Don't knock it. We moved, we moved into the middle of nowhere in North Florida to get away from people. Yeah, but that's (laughs) because you've already found a wife and started a family. Some of us are still trying to date, bro. And oh yeah it's hard when there's like no, <laughs> no subculture you know yeah like you go to a goth night and you've already slept with everyone there <laughs> it is hard where there's lower population that's for sure. i lived in cheyenne wyoming for a while so i kind of get an idea very cool my last question is it true that it's do we work with demons Slash, is it true that they get things done more effectively than angels? And that's the reason to work with demons or Goetia or such and such. I know Stratton Kent definitely says that's the case. Other Goetic people say that's the case. But I've heard Goetic people who then finally do angel work for the first time ever seriously be like, whoa, these guys are actually pretty good at getting stuff done. So I don't know. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. 
I don't think either one is better than the other. It's just see the thing is that people look at it with so much of a dichotomy, angel versus demon, and that's not the way it really works. You know, if you look in the Grim Wars, even the authors of the Grim Wars could hardly figure out which spirits were supposed to be angels and which ones were supposed to be demons. Uh, you know, like you look at the picture of Cassiel and the Magus, and it's like this demonic figure riding a dragon, and that's exactly how the Goetic demons are described. So it's all just one big ecosystem. And you have to find the spirits that work best with you. And for some people, like for Jake Kent, he works best with the, the demons. And and by the way, demon has nothing to do with being evil. It just means that they're sublunar, that they're the spirits who exist right here on Earth with us. Sublunar. Yes. All the sublunar entities are technically chthonic. Everything below the moon is chthonic. So any any entities, and that's why the Grimoires are often confused, because they deal a lot with the spirits of the air. And some Grimoires consider those angels, and some Grimoires don't. Some girls consider the demons. So, you know, and and even the words angel and demon basically mean the same thing. In its original form, the word demon indicated a spirit who carries messages between humans and the celestial gods. And that's what angels are. They're messengers. So, yeah, it's one isn't better than the other. It's just which one you work with better. Which one calls you. You know, so... For me, what called me were the seven archangels, obviously, and my guardian angel through the Abermelon system, so that I was called to work with them. But I also work, you know, I've got my familiars, and I work with other spirits and demons and stuff. It's They don't hate each other. They don't compete with each other. They don't, no, neither one is more or less powerful than the other. They're just different entities, you know. And now, a word from our sponsors. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Yeah. It sounds uh, sounds about right. I often have to explain to people that the re that we refer to everything as spirits, and uh, you know, some people are like, I, how, "How can a demon be a spirit? How can an angel be a spirit?" It's like it's it's just a good term to describe. And I didn't even understand that as well as I did until I did DMT, because it was like being in a realm. Let's pretend it really is physical projection into the astral plane. Let's pretend for a second. The reality in that space is exactly sort of like we would imagine based on the spirit model, right? Even, and this is actually, here's the, the funnest thing. You know how the Enochian names, like you move the letter forward and it's a new angel and you move it it's like that. The spirits in DMT space, a lot of them are like that. It's like they're a pattern. And there's a front of the pattern and the pattern can move to the back and a different one emerges, but it's part of the same pattern. They're like, don't you get it? We're just making reality. This is how we make reality. And they do a little dance sometimes. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. divine. Sometimes it's fucking terrifying. Sometimes if you happen to put on a little bit of tool before you hit your DMT, 
they're dancing to Tool and they're giving you a trip based on Tool. You're like, but how are you reacting to the music when that's in my room and you're not in my room? And they're like, don't you get it? We're making <laughs> that music. But it's like, no, it was right. recorded two years ago. They're like, oh, baby, we're making it now as we were making it then and we'll be making it in the future. Everything experience we're making for you and you're mm -hmm. making it too. That's why you're here. Hey, go on this little trip. Book, and you're off down a tunnel you're like what the fuck anyway i hope we can get you to vancouver brother it'd be fun to do it <laughs> yeah, sounds like, yeah it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun up there cold but a lot of fun not in vancouver it's not cold in vancouver it's just wet wet coast oh oh yeah okay so it's more like seattle then oh yeah big time yeah we're lucky That's if we get gotcha. even a foot of snow a year Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so you are. Well, it's paradise, and I live wow. right at the beach. It's great. Um, we'll talk. We'll try and get you. you really are close, then, aren't you? Geez, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you said you're only like what two hours away from Seattle? Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three hours if you're. That'd be mom. great. I've never been up there. I mean, like I said, I lived in Cheyenne, Denver. I've been to California. Never been to Washington. It's a two-hour drive, but it's a nine-hour bus ride. <laughs> Oh, I can imagine. I've taken long bus trips. Yeah. Um, it would be great. I'd, I'd rather jog than ride a bus sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I, I bust down to LA in 2019. Three days on the bus. Jesus. I did it from Colorado. No, Wyoming. I was back in Cheyenne. I did it from Wyoming to Florida. And that was a that was a fun three days. I three think day three, days. three days sitting next to an Amway salesman the whole damn way. <laughs> you were just clearing up some karma from a past life. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I make it sound worse than it was. I actually became friends with the guy, but I mean, so like I continued to stay friends with him even after the bus ride. <laughs> but the Amway thing did eventually kill the friendship. He just couldn't let that shit couldn't go. Let it go. I can't believe people. And, and what got him, him was not even the selling stuff, it was the Christianity. I needed to be Christian. It's like, dude, that ain't gonna happen. And and when I say Christian, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm I'm a Christian now, but I mean, when I say Christian, I mean, he wanted me to be like an evangelist, fundamentalist, and it's like that is never going to happen. And I finally yeah. just had to walk away. But what, what do they call it? Four corners. What do they Four call corners. It? I don't know. I'm just trying. I'm repeating shit I hear from friends I've had who are actually part of like the Southern Baptist Convention and stuff. Oh, we have all these being a true Christian. I, mean, I was raised in a very Southern Christian kind of household. We we considered ourselves non-denominational, but let's face it, it was the South. So it was very Baptist kind of church of God kind of thing. But other than that, other than a very non-denominational, very traditional Southern Christian upbringing, I don't know anything about what those guys do. I don't know their terminologies or those guys are just weird. And I knew I, I learned very young to stay very far away from those people. <laughs> what kind of Baptist were you in, in seminary? We would always ask Baptists to, we'd always ask them, were you, are you the kind of Baptist with your arms up or arms down? I couldn't even, we weren't even that far into it. Oh, okay. I mean, my mom made us go to Sunday school very briefly as kids. And I don't, I could probably, I think I remember one or two times 
the whole family went to a church. I mean, it was it was like that. It was very non practicing, I guess you could like my mom was very a, a devout Christian and believe I mean believe she manifested the powers of the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff. But the actual Christian community, church and all that stuff, never got into it. <sighs> I guess that makes me very fortunate. <laughs> I would say so, Monsieur. <laughs> Thank you very much, Aaron, for spending this time with me. It's been a fucking honor, a pleasure, and I really hope we get to do it again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on here. And uh, yeah, you know where to find me, so we can always set up another one. Maybe and then you got to get me up to uh, up to up to your neck of the woods. You know, that I, I'm serious about it. If you are, hey, you know, you set up a conference and you get me up there. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't have the money to travel, so you guys got to get me up there and back. But other than that, yeah, we can work something out. It would be cool to get you, like you and the sledgehammer, and maybe a couple other interesting folks. We'll see what we can do. Often it comes down to scheduling, right? Actually, it comes often down oh, yeah. to more scheduling than, 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 than money. Um, so you know, we'll see what we can do. It'd be very nice, and you're you're welcome to come on the podcast anytime you want, even if it's for a very short amount of time to promote anything you want, bitch, etc. Um, awesome, yeah, well, thank you very much, and thanks to my listeners. I hope you enjoyed this bonus segment that went on way longer than we thought, but that's always uh, <laughs> the reason to keep supporting me uh, on everything. So, all right, brother, I'll uh, turn this off. You want to say, uh final prayer final prayer <laughs> i don't know i don't know what to pray for at this point <laughs> how about this we could do a holy art thou oh, okay holy art thou lord, lord of the lord of the universe holy art holy thou, thou nature, nature hath not formed holy, holy art thou, thou the vast thou, and the mighty one mighty. Lord, Lord of the light, light and, and of the darkness. Very good. Diving deep into the practices and reality tunnels of the esoteric and the occult, check out Praxis Behind the Obscure podcast, where I interview practicing occultists, do book reviews, and much more. Check us out on YouTube, Red Circle, and many other podcast platforms. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature, as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk and as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon. And uh, 
seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's discovery of witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now, hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk.